you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello, welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. As always, I'm joined on the show by Doug Moore and I'm sure Doug's happier than myself this week uh, with regards to the upcoming Super Bowl. Obviously, when we last had a podcast two weeks ago, it was a situation where it looked like there was possibly going to be a Patriots versus Packers Super Bowl. But unfortunately for my Packers, the Atlanta Falcons had something to say about that and uh, dispatched to the Packers very, very comfortably. And this week, we will see those Falcons face off against the uh, New England Patriots. And obviously, Doug, being a Patriots fan, is uh, bound to be looking forward to this weekend's action. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, how much more buildup can you really have to this game? I mean, when you look at it, you know, uh, the Patriots have been known for years as as a top offensive team. But, you know, they're billing it this way as, you know, the Falcons having the top offense in the league uh, point-wise uh, against the Patriots, who actually have the uh, the league best in points per game allowed. Uh, so technically they're building it up as a a top offense versus top defense matchup, but there's just so many things going into this. It, it's obviously fun to to see everything unravel, but it all really doesn't mean anything until you know Sunday at six thirty Eastern or whenever it starts. <laughs> yeah, of course, or uh, eleven thirty uh, if you're living here in in, the, in the Europe or the UK or Ireland. But uh, I'm very looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup, and I'm sure we're going to hold off on our. Uh, we'll do a little teaser here, Doug. We'll hold off on our predictions to after both guests are on the show, but. Doug uh, is uh, certainly looking forward to it, as I mentioned. And starting the show, I always like to give a plug to uh, listeners uh, to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Obviously, you can listen to it on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the different ways. It's available as well on OvertimeIreland.com. So thanks to anyone who is listening in. Make sure that you do hit that subscribe button and come back each and every week as we have shows. We will. It mightn't be on a weekly uh, basis, but throughout the off-season, we'll continue to have shows each and every week here at OTI. So do stay tuned for that. Um, obviously, we've got two great guests coming up here on the show. We've got Evan Lazar and we've got Jenna Thomas as well. Evan's going to come on and he's going to talk from a Patriots point of view. And, of course, we have Doug here for a Patriots perspective too. And then Jenna's going to come on give a Falcons perspective, both reporters for those respective teams. So I, I am really looking forward to it. And as Doug mentioned, the offense and defensive matchup is going to be very, very fascinating. So we're going to get straight into it and we're going to jump on board and we're going to get uh, Evan on the show first here. So... But first, I want to tell you about an exclusive offer we have here at OTI uh, during the season. We had a great offer with NFL Shop Europe, which I know a lot of the listeners did take advantage of. Well, thankfully, that offer has been activated again, and you can save 10% off anything on the NFL Shop Europe's website by using the code OTI10 at checkout. Their website is europe.nflshop.com, and they have a wide range of stock and Particularly coming up now, any Patriots or Atlanta Falcons fans looking to get some Super Bowl memorabilia coming up to the game of this weekend, do check it out. Some great items of clothing representing all different teams and uh, different styles, including NFL jerseys. So do check that out. It is NFL Shop Europe. Their website is europe.nflshop.com. And that code is OTI10 at checkout for 10% savings. Joined now on the show by Evan Lazar. Evan is a researcher at the NFL Network. He's also a contributor to the Boston Herald and he's a co-host of the Patriots Central podcast. So it's going to be good to get his perspective on the game coming up here. And obviously Doug and him will probably have a little bit of a back and forth talking Patriots here in a moment. I'll probably be left to sit and listen, but I'm looking forward to, to hearing what the two guys have to say. But I guess I'll start off by 
looking at the game and the way the Patriots have played all season. Uh, we all know how strong the Falcons' offense has been. It's been the best uh, defense or offense in the league this season, and obviously ranking as the seventh highest scoring offense of all time. So I guess I'll start you off by uh, how do you see uh, this Patriots defense matching up and do you think uh, they can do what most teams struggle to do this season and uh, slow the Falcons down? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think that the the main thing is can this Patriots defense, I mean, the Packers and Seahawks both still have to do, can they keep up just athletically with this Falcons offense? I mean, the Falcons offense is very deep at both running back and receiver. It's filled with guys that are extremely fast in their positions as well. So they've got speed all over the field on offense and defense. So just from an eye test point of view, right when I start watching the game on Sunday, I will definitely be looking to see if, if this Patriots team can reach that level of, uh, of speed that the Falcons are going to be playing at. But to answer your question more specifically, I think that one thing that the Patriots secondary especially has the benefit of uh, in this game is that they are a diverse group that can do a lot of different types of things. They can use a lot of different types of coverages. There's not just one coverage that this team uh, plays every single day. So it, it's it's one of those things where they can, can kind of confuse Matt Ryan a little bit in the sense that uh, they can throw some different looks at him, throw some different guys at Julio Jones as well, and, and try to maybe confuse them that way and slow him down that way. So, Evan, one of the things we, we obviously have seen uh, at times this season from the Patriots is they struggle – to defend uh, against uh, pass-catching running backs. They've given up a good amount of yards to receiving running backs, and obviously the Falcons have two of those in Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Um, you talked about, obviously, their athleticism in, in the Patriots' defense, and obviously they've been uh, doing well to match up uh, evenly with uh, you know the offensive weapons that uh, an opposing team has. I'm curious, do you think this is going to be a focal point for – for the Falcons to to focus on going into this game, or do you think it's going to be a situation where the Patriots are going to be able to adjust and be able to take care of that? I'm just curious to see, obviously, from what you've seen and, and uh, statistically and from film, how do you think that's going to do on Sunday for both teams? Well, I think that the Falcons are a lot like the Patriots in the sense that they throw a lot of passes to their running backs regardless who their opponent is. And some ridiculous stats on Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman are their yards per catch. As running backs, Tevin Coleman's averaging 13.6 yards per catch this season as a running back. So that's just an absolutely ridiculous stat. To put it in perspective, Julian Edelman is averaging less yards per catch this season than Tevin Coleman is as a running back. So they are both very explosive, big play backs out of the backfield. I would expect the Patriots' defense to uh, to almost invite uh, some of the passes to the running backs. They do that. They tend to do that a little bit to give up the short passes, to give up the uh, the uh, dump offs to the running backs that the quarterback might you know just be uh, inclined to take. And I think in this game, the key is really going to just be tackling for that Patriots' defense. I don't think that there is a linebacker in this Patriots team right now, even if they did have Jamie Collins on this team still that can cover these two guys out of the backfield. So I would see a team effort uh, out of that in that regard and would expect that tackling will be a big emphasis because both guys are really good after the catch. And uh, that's one of the things that changes their offense from a, good to great is how well those two guys specifically and also Julio Jones obviously run after the catch. So uh, tackling in this game, I think is probably the biggest key for the Patriots defense. Yeah, obviously you talked about the linebackers. You talked, you know, you could name a couple there. There's a Landon Roberts who's more of a run-stuffing linebacker. You know, you look at the Kyle Van Noy and Shane McClellan who are both uh, 
done well at points this season in coverage, but also have struggled as well. They're not really known to be coverage linebackers. So you bring up a great point where uh, it's going to be hard to see if really any linebacker can really keep up with either of those two guys where they've obviously done well this season. I'm curious on your take, and everybody spit out different takes, uh, in regards to covering Julio Jones. We've seen the Patriots do a whole bunch of different things with uh, their secondary and who matches up on who, especially in man-to-man coverage we've seen logan ryan he was handling deandre hopkins when they were facing the texans but then we've all seen malcolm butler who's their number one cornerback go up against the top guys as well uh we also have uh eric rowe who's uh, the taller the the bigger of uh, those three who has matched up you know uh, from what we've seen against taller receiving options what's your take on how do you cover Julio Jones, who do you think is going to do it? And who do you think would be the best matchup? And do you, you know, if it's say someone that's not Butler, do you think that there's going to be a lot of double coverage with a safety overlooking everything? It's one of the, the Patriots secondary is designed and a lot of secondaries in the NFL is, you know, nowadays are designed kind of like a basketball team. Almost you have a guy that can cover the point guard. You have a guy that can cover the center. You have a bigger body guy that can cover a guy like Julio Jones. You have, a smaller, quicker guy like Malcolm Butler who can cover it, Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown's really the only receiver that I can think of in the NFL that specifically gets Malcolm Butler when the Patriots play the Steelers. Malcolm Butler is the guy that gets Antonio Brown because I think Belichick sees it as a body type thing and that those two guys match up very similarly body type-wise. Now, Malcolm Butler doesn't match up the same way with Julio Jones. That's why I would expect that Logan Ryan, I I fear for Patriots fans, especially to see Eric Rowe on Julio Jones on Sunday. Uh, he couldn't cover Sammy Coates in that Pittsburgh game. I can't imagine that he's going to do a very good job against Julio Jones unless they give him a ton of help. So I would expect to see Logan Ryan a lot. That's kind of the guy that in the last two years or so that they've used against those uh, freak athletes, guys like A.J. Green, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, as you mentioned, Brandon Marshall when he was you know, at the height of his game, really got that Logan Ryan. Uh, press coverage and, and then the safety over the top and double in a double team a lot of the time as well. So I would expect that to, you know it's a big topic of discussion this week, obviously for good reason. But if you look at the past history with the Patriots, with you know able uh, receivers like Julio Jones, guys that are similar to Julio Jones, uh, Logan Ryan has really been the answer that they've come up with, and it's usually been Logan Ryan with with some help from either Deron Harmon or Devin McCourty over the top. So I wouldn't expect the Patriots to do anything too exotic. That's kind of what they've been doing for the past two years on receivers that are of Julio's type. So I would expect a, a healthy dose of Logan Ryan for Julio Jones this week. Talking about coverage and you know how teams match up and and what they do, I want to I want to turn the turn the tides a little bit. Uh, look at it from the other perspective with the Patriots on offense and the, the Falcons on defense. One of the things that I noticed looking at some film of the, of the Falcons is they struggled against the slot receivers. Um, obviously, the Falcons lost their number one corner early in the season, Desmond Trufant. Um, you know, they've gotten some good play this season from some of their guys in the secondary, including Keanu Neal. Um, and, you know, that's probably one of the weaknesses of this team. The, the Falcons team is, is their secondary, I would say. Um, I'm just curious on your take. Um you know, you, you, you've seen both Julian Edelman and Chris Hogan be able to play out the slot and, and be able to succeed in doing that. Do you think that this is going to be something that they're going to focus on the Patriots side as, as we've seen? I think it's Brian Poole as their primary slot corner, um, if I'm not mistaken, or he's the guy who usually handles the slot responsibilities. Do you think this is going to be a weakness for the Patriots to exploit, or do you think they're going to try and attack the, the depth of the, the Falcons' secondary, especially their cornerbacks? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I, I definitely think that a big difference in this game between, let's say, the Packers game for the Falcons last, last week is that the Patriots do have the ability to go four wide receivers. The, the uh, Packers, excuse me, really acted in from top three are, are kind of uh, thin there as well. Just like the Falcons are in, in their secondary thin after their third cornerback spot. So I, I would expect to see a little bit of four wide receivers out of the Patriots just to see how the Falcons match up to it. Are they going to drop down to safety and use a guy like Keanu Neal in man coverage against the wide receiver, which is something that they haven't done a ton of, but it's kind of their only option unless they want to put one of their, their uh, fourth quarterbacks on the field, which is something that they did not do at all in the uh, first two games of the playoffs for them. In terms of covering the slot, they're actually – 26th in the NFL in passing rating, uh, eight covering the slot receiver, covering the short middle of the field especially. So it's a weakness of theirs that has lasted all season long. And that you mentioned Brian Poole, who's a decent player, but he's a guy that I think is much better against the run and is maybe even better as a blitzer out of the slot. He blitzed Aaron Rodgers a few times, something that I think the Patriots will have to look out for. It's him blitzing from the slot on Tom Brady. He got a few good licks on Aaron Rodgers in that NFC Championship game. I don't think that there is a single guy that the Falcons have that can match up with either Julian Edelman or Chris Hogan specifically in this game. Uh, Robert Alford and, and Jalen Collins have had good seasons, but both of those guys are more downfield corners. They're boundary corners, guys that you would think of covering uh, you know, those outside receivers, maybe bigger body guys. Not so much the guys that are going to handle guys that are quick and, and going to work more, mostly inside. So I think that if there is an advantage for the Patriots, offensively a clear advantage um, first of all is it's you know running the football which i think they'll do a ton of uh, just based off of the matchup and second of all i do think it's in that slot position which obviously it bodes well for the passing and that's area of strength of theirs i think it's uh, quite interesting obviously to look at it the way you you both mentioned there but we talked you talked about uh, trying to cover against the slot the the falcons one of their strengths is the the quickness and the the, the speed they have on the defense but they have struggled uh, at tackling as you mentioned and that's going to be a key issue for them here if they if they can't tackle guys like hogan or edelman uh, going across the middle there could be huge chunk plays there for the patriots but you mentioned running the ball and we've seen kind of since Dion lewis has come back in there's another facet uh, with a trio of running backs they have but I think uh, it could be a big game for the Garrett Blunt because as I mentioned with that speed it also means that the the players are a little bit lighter and if you have a, a punishing running back running through do you think uh, there's an opportunity for the Patriots to take the Garrett Blunt and really try and uh, get him matched up against some of them linebackers if he can get through the offensive line which when you remember back to this time last year how beat up they were when they went against the the uh, Denver Broncos and how how much success they had against them this Patriots the offensive line is obviously much improved and I think uh, we haven't seen a lot of Ligard Blunt over the last couple of weeks but uh, I think we could see a healthy dose of him here uh, yeah absolutely it's a great point I, I this Falcons team the defense the, the way that they play screams run the football at the Patriots now the question is is, is Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels going to take the ball out of Tom Brady's hands 30 times in this game to hand it off to LeGarrette Blunt and Deion Lewis and really establish a running game uh, but the, the Packers ran the ball extremely well they averaged over five and a half yards to carry it was in limited doses obviously because of the score but if you can keep the game close and run the ball in this Atlanta Falcons defense they really are successful against the run and one thing you mentioned was size it's amazing, but the front seven of the Atlanta Falcons has an average weight of 260 pounds. They only have one guy that's over 290 that plays serious snaps for them, and that's Rashid Hagman, who's actually known for his pass rushing skills, even though he's 310 pounds. 
So LeGarrette Blunt is actually bigger than a lot of the linebackers that the Atlanta Falcons have. He's bigger than guys like Deion Jones and Devontae Campbell and Vic Beasley and so on and so forth. So you get LeGarrette Blunt rolling against this Falcons defense and you can get him into the linebackers and into the secondary to that second level of the defense. And you're talking about LeGarrette Blunt being, you know, much significantly bigger, 200. 50, 260 pounds uh, than these Falcons defensive backs and linebackers. So if you look at this game solely, take Tom Brady's name off the Patriots uniform and you look at it from just a uh, matchup standpoint, this game absolutely screams run the football at the Patriots. There's so many advantages to running the football, one of which I, which you know is one of the biggest reasons would be to keep Matt Ryan in that offense on the sideline. If the Patriots can kind of just uh, go back in time a little bit in this game and, and maybe – use a little bit of that game plan that they used to use against Peyton Manning in the early days when he was with the Colts and they had, you know, the number one offense in the league and they came into Foxborough for uh, championship games and divisional round games back then. And the Patriots used to just run it right down their throats. And, uh, you know, obviously this Falcons team is, is uh, this defense is a little bit better uh, than, than some of the more current Indianapolis teams. But if you also remember in the last couple of years in the playoffs, the Patriots have drawn uh, you know, Andrew Luck in the Colts, and it has been a pretty good offensive team for the Colts. And what the Patriots do, they just run the ball right down their throats offensively because the Colts defense, A, is bad against the run, and B, is undersized. And that's similar to the Falcons defense, although it's a little bit better than those indie defenses where it's undersized and it's, it's number one uh, you know, advantage that they have over opponents is speed. But the Patriots have some really good uh, size on their offensive line, and obviously with LeGarrette Blunt, if they go big and they have James Devlin in the backfield especially, you're talking about an average weight of about 290 pounds for those guys versus an average weight of about 260 for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, that is a mismatch that I think is probably the biggest mismatch in this game for the Pats. So obviously when we look at um... – you know, one of the things that the Patriots have, I guess at times, struggled to get this season uh, simply because they're without their top tight end is, is production from that tight end position. We talk about the speed that the, the Falcons have, especially, I guess you could say, in their back seven. You talked about Deion Jones, talk about Keanu Neal. Um, there, there's definitely a couple guys there that really, uh, I guess, are changing the position a little bit when you look at Atlanta's defense compared to some other ones where they're usually bigger guys that maybe aren't as quick but able to uh, obviously – um, do better when it comes to tackling, which you brought up earlier. I'm just curious, do you think this is going to be a good matchup, uh, whoever it is that uh, obviously Martellus Bennett goes up against? He's a bigger body guy. He's not really known necessarily for his speed, but he is a good route runner, and he's obviously a bigger, uh, like I said, bigger body guy. Do you think this is going to be a matchup where uh, Atlanta's speed is going to be able to slow to be able to stop him from getting open and, and keeping up with him, uh, you know, across the field and, and route running? Or do you think it's a situation where, uh, you know, Bennett's not going to be able to get open and it's just a situation where he's going to be more of a, a decoy or maybe just someone to stretch out the defense a little bit for the uh, the Patriots? The question, yeah, the question for me is 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 where which direction do the Atlanta Falcons go with Martellus Bennett? If do they drop Keanu Neal? down and have him cover Bennett, who Keanu Neal is probably one of the best cover safeties in the league, especially on tight ends. He's a really good cover player, but the question is, is do they take that safety out of the back end and, and you know open up the big passing game and only go single high? Although Ricardo Allen they're, they're uh, really their free safety. They're Devin McCourty, if you will, is a really good player and covers a lot of space back there. He's actually more like an Earl Thomas role, uh, you know, with Dan Quinn's ties to Seattle. That Ricardo Allen is really a uh, Earl Thomas prototype, and Cam Chancellor is, is you know, uh, Keanu Neal on this team. And I think that there is definitely going to be a lot of times when Neal is going to drop Bennett. And I 
think that with Martellus Bennett, you know what? Uh, it's time for Martellus Bennett to uh, not just enjoy uh, winning so much and maybe put up a few uh, a few big catches and maybe catch a touchdown in the big game for the Patriots. You know, outside of that Cleveland game and the game against Miami really early on in the season, uh, he's kind of been MIA a little bit, and some of that has to do with a lot of injuries that have piled up for him over the course of the season. But that's kind of been an MO for Marty, uh, you know, back to his Chicago days is that, he has a strong first half of the season and then kind of tails off in the second half of the season. That's kind of hold, held true this season as well. And if he wants to, uh, you know, get a big money contract that he's talking about in the off season as one of the higher paid tight ends in the league, I, I would expect that he would have to have a nice game in the Super Bowl on Sunday. So I would think that that is a great matchup to watch. I think that the Falcons have two really good cover linebackers in Campbell and Jones, and they also have a good cover safety in Keanu Neal that matches up well against tight ends. Did it a lot last week against Jared Cook of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, did it against Jimmy Graham as well. So I think that, you know, that's a great matchup to watch. And uh, if if it's time for Martellus Bennett here uh, to uh, make a few plays for the Pats, as you know, he's kind of uh, really enjoyed his time in New England, but hasn't uh, had quite the impact in the second half of the season that you would like him to have. Yeah, uh, particularly at the start of the season, uh, if you had thought that Gronk would have been out for so much of it, you would have thought that uh, Bennett would have had a much larger role. And he was somebody that me and Doug were quite high on before the season, uh, particularly in fantasy football. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can have a big game here. And as you mentioned, when he was with uh, the Chicago Bears, it was also an issue where he used to tail off uh, after having a nice hot start to the season. I uh, just want to finish up, Evan, with your uh, prediction. Are you going for uh, Patriots win, or do you think the Falcons take this one, uh, unfortunately for you Patriots guys? Well, actually, I you know it, the pick has been difficult for me to decide because I do think that there is the possibility that the Falcons' speed is just too much for for the Patriots to handle. I mean, it was too much for for Seattle to handle, and it's too much for Green Bay to handle. But I, I do think that at the end of the day, this game is going to come down to coaching, and I'm going to take Bill Belichick over Dan Quinn uh, every single day of the week. So I, I'll go a close game. The Patriots have never been really involved in a blowout in the Super Bowl other than, uh, you know, back before the days of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So I'm going to go uh, semi-high scoring. I'll say 34-31 Pats. Another game-winning field goal this time. Stephen Gostkowski and Matt Adams in the carry. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have four predictions on this show and me and Doug are seven hours for the end of it all so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the four end up will it be 2-2 or will it be uh, a clean sweep for the Patriots we start off with one for the Patriots obviously Evan's on Twitter and I urge you to go and follow him it's at EZLizar it's L-A-Z-A-R E-Z-L-A-Z-A-R and uh, follow him on Twitter definitely worth it and obviously coming up uh, fourth for the Patriots this weekend there'll be lots of good info like he's after giving us there uh, as he jumped aboard the podcast uh, thank you for your time Evan thank you thanks for having me on we have two fantastic competitions coming up this weekend and I'm going to tell you about one of those now we've teamed up with footballamerica.co.uk for a fantastic competition they are giving us a Wilson Genuine NFL game ball to give away to one lucky listener of OTA and I'm looking forward to having this competition Football America have been a long-standing supporter of the OTI podcast and website and uh, we do thank them for that continued support I urge you to check out their fantastic website footballamerica.co.uk fantastic uh, particularly if you play the sport of American football have you uh, with all the equipment you will need from shoulder pads to footwear gloves uh, girdles pads jerseys and pants so much stuff even if you're a team and you need sideline equipment check out footballamerica.co.uk fantastic products great stock and always great 
customer service. I would highly recommend it. But the football that we are giving away this weekend, a Wilson NFL game ball, and it will be embroidered with the winner's team of their choosing. So you can have your favourite team logo embroidered on the ball as well. So do enter that competition. More details will be provided at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. It will be a retweet competition. Simply all you have to do is go follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and give that tweet a retweet. Be sure to get your friends and family involved as well and uh, hopefully one of you will come out on top and uh, we'll announce the winner on next week's podcast. So once again, that competition courtesy of footballamerica.co.uk. You check them out. So we're joined now to get a, a Falcons perspective on the game by Gina Thomas. Gina is a Falcons reporter for the Falcon Aholic. That's a, I, I almost mispronounced that one, and uh, also writing for SB Nation NFL's coverage. So uh, it's uh, we've had our we've had our Patriots uh, talk about it, and obviously Doug's a big Patriots uh, fan and also a Patriots reporter. So it's been very Patriots centric so far. So it'll be nice to get a little bit of balance, and uh, I think I'll take uh, Gina's side on this one as well. But uh, thanks for jumping <laughs> aboard the show. Thank you so much for having me. Obviously, um, the the Super Bowl this weekend and the Falcons, uh, you know, it's a bit of a, soft, a sore spot for me as a, I'm a Packers fan and you, your team truly uh, demolished us uh, two weeks ago. But uh, I think I'm starting to come around to, to jumping aboard the, the Falcons train for this one, uh, looking ahead to it. Obviously, we've looked at it as to how the uh, Patriots can try and stop the Falcons offense. But I want to get your thoughts on how special it has been watching the Falcons offense as a Packers fan. There's been some pretty special offenses down through the year, but this Falcons team uh, has been truly special. You know, they really have. I've been watching football my entire life, and I've never seen anything quite as dynamic as this Falcons offense. It's just when you have a player like Julio Jones, he's obviously very special. He's, you know, just in and of himself. Um, He has the ability to make plays that very few other players in this league can make. But teams obviously scheme to take him out of the equation. And the fact that they've had all of these other players step up uh, Ryan has hit 13 different receivers in the end zone for touchdowns this season that's a league record um, it's just been really fun to see Ryan and the confidence and the poise that he's playing with and the way that he's able to spread the ball around and how many guys are stepping up to make plays they really are a lot of fun to watch uh, when we talked um, with Evan, we kind of talked about the ma- possible matchup, uh, and I think it's one of the key matchups in the game with Atlanta's running backs matching up against uh, the Patriots' um, linebackers. How do you do? You think that there's a, a particularly important match, and do you think it's one that the the Falcons? I think it's one the Falcons' uh, running backs should win with how they've played in the passing game this year. Do you think that's a key point of emphasis going into this for the Falcons? I I agree that it is, and I do think that it's important for the Falcons to try to establish that balance. And Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman are arguably the best tailback tandem in the league. One thing I will say, though, is that Bill Belichick will sometimes also let running backs do what they're going to do in order to stop the passing game. And with how dynamic Atlanta's passing game is, it's possible that Atlanta will be able to get a lot done on the ground just because that is the emphasis that Belichick chooses to have. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Patriots defense approaches that. But I do think either way, you know, the Falcons running backs are set up to succeed against the Patriots. So one thing I I didn't get a chance to ask Evan, but I am curious about you. We've seen at times this season, uh, the Patriots have been a little more conservative uh, with uh, their defense and their play calls, you know, sending uh, maybe three or four man rushes, but also dropping back seven, eight guys in coverage. I'm just curious um, in regards to what do you think would be the better sort of scenario for the 
the the Falcons because obviously they have one of the better offensive lines in the game, but also they have a bevy of receiving options like you mentioned and some guys who have stepped up recently with Mohamed Sanu and Taylor Gabriel, even Austin Hooper in some regards uh, as opposed to earlier in the season. So I'm just curious, what do you think is the better uh, better outcome for the Falcons in regards to how the Patriots decide to mix and match their pass rush versus their their amount of people dropping back in coverage? I mean, obviously, if you can bring pressure on the opposing quarterback, that's always your best course of action. But the problem is, like you're saying, it's very hard to get pressure on Matt Ryan in this scheme and with this particular offensive line. They are very, very stout. Um, That's been a luxury he hasn't had over the past few seasons. I think it's been one of the key elements of his improvement this season. But I think that if I were Belichick, I probably would go more conservative because here's the reality. You know, you've got Ryan and you've got your five offensive linemen. Those are not guys who are going to catch the ball. So that means that you've got five other guys that you have to account for. One of those guys is going to be Julio Jones, and you really have to double cover him unless you want him to go off for like 300 yards like he did against Carolina. They put him in man, and he just absolutely tore them up. And so you've got to dedicate two guys to Julio at least. And then you've got to worry about the other four guys on the field, all of whom can make plays. So if I'm Belichick, I'm probably dropping more guys into coverage and trying to limit their success through the air because their success through the air has been considerable. So just curious, uh, obviously talking about this matchup uh, with the offensive line and the Patriots defense, um, obviously one of the big storylines, and I actually just before you came on, I or well, at the time of this recording, I should say, I tweeted out the uh, the, the Patriots <laughs> and and Falcons um, injury report. There were no players on the Falcons injury report today. Uh, while there were wow. six on the page, yeah, while the the Patriots had six on their injury report. Uh, one of the big uh, storylines, uh, besides Julio Jones's injury that he's dealt with for most of the season, I would think, or uh, he's dealt with in- injuries, I should say, is Alex Max's uh, ankle injury. One of the things that the Patriots have been so well at is game production from a position that they've been, I guess, undermanned at, and that's their defensive tackle, their interior defensive line. How much concern do you have for Alex Mack and, and this weekend? Obviously, he's you know the the pivot guy for them, and he's going to face guys like Al, uh, Alan Branch, Malcolm Brown, Vincent Valentine, even Trey Flowers at occasions. Do you think this is something that the Patriots can be able to exploit, or do you think Mack is going to play as if there's no issues whatsoever? What have you heard on his ankle injury? So what they've they've labeled it a fibula injury. And so that what that tells me, they say that it's it's soreness at the ankle, but so it's down, you know, in that area. But because they're labeling it a fibula, I think it's a bone bruise. And let me tell you, I had a bone bruise about two months ago. And and it was actually like a small fracture. The fracture wasn't the pain. It was the bone bruise. And it was like, it was on my hand. And I just wanted to die the whole time. (laughs) It was awful. It was the worst pain that I've ever felt. Now, I'm not getting shot up with Tordal or whatever they're they're using on players. And so I'm sure that they will shoot him up with painkillers and he will be okay. And he did suffer that injury during the win over the Packers. And he was able to come back in and play obviously and so um, I do think that he'll play I do think he'll be effective but I bet it's going to hurt like crazy just because I know what that feels like and it's really a nightmare injury so the other one was Julio Jones that's the turf toe thing that the team won't call turf toe but it is turf toe that he's been dealing with for several weeks and he's also going to be good to go Um, I'm actually pleased to hear that they were both back at full practice today because that that week in between is, is really helpful for players to heal up 
I think as well when you look at it uh, being the Super Bowl, you know, if it's a week 15, week 16 game and there's maybe nothing on the line, they can sit it out. But there's absolutely no chance of any of those guys sitting out the Super Bowl. So whether they're on the injury report or not is probably uh, few or far between as uh, as to regards to what the injury report means this week. But look, yeah. obviously uh, we had, and Doug mentioned uh, at the time of recording, I'd never mentioned at the start of the show, which we've already recorded, that uh, this is recording on Wednesday. So Doug, uh, it would have been easier to say Wednesday than at the time of the recording. But Oof, <laughs> um, oof my bad. My bad. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan, obviously on media night, which was on uh, Monday, I believe, um, had his playbook kind of went missing for a little bit. Uh, it was in his rucksack, but eventually got it back. Uh, and it was actually a man from uh, San Francisco that happened to have it. But obviously he's been uh, linked with the 49ers and it is fully expected that he'll take over there. But do you think that that there and, uh, you know, over uh, the last week or so in his preparation, maybe thinking ahead to the 49ers, do you think it's had any impact on, on the team as a whole? And although it probably hasn't. And the other question was, with uh, the Patriots obviously having past experience of making it here to the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, they kind of they know the process. Do you think uh, these Falcons might feel a little bit extra pressure compared to what the the Patriots might be going through at the moment? I will say, okay, first, uh, as far as Shanahan, um, Shanahan is one of the more focused individuals I've ever been around, and I do think that he sees this as kind of his magnum opus. Um, and, you know, sort of the final flourish on his resume for this head coaching job in San Francisco. So I think that he is extremely focused on winning. Um, I know that he loves these players. He loves the coaches that he coaches with. Obviously, every coordinator wants a head coaching job. I do not fault him for that. Um, I don't know that I would be all that eager to take the job in San Francisco because of issues with ownership and who they hired as the general manager and also just the roster that they have currently. But I respect his decision to pursue that opportunity. I think that that makes sense. Um, I was a little bit surprised that he was just carrying around the Super Bowl game plan in a backpack. Like you have a hotel room and I guarantee it has a safe in it for your laptop. So maybe put it in there. But, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the I don't know what the thought process was behind that. But I do think that that was it was a fun story and people ran with it. And it was certainly one of the more interesting things to come out of media day. Um, I don't think that it's a big deal. And as far as their focus, that's a really interesting question. I think that that's something I really have to commend Dan Quinn for. Obviously Dan Quinn has Super Bowl experience. He's been twice in consecutive years with the um, Seattle Seahawks as the defensive coordinator. And I think that experience was very valuable for him. Quinn had the preparation plan for the Super Bowl in place before the NFC Championship game. He knew exactly what schedule they were going to follow. He knew exactly how he was going to handle every element of that. He knew what to expect. And I think that that kind of planning really speaks to his level of preparation for it. And the other thing about Quinn, and this is something that I talked to Atlanta's young players about in the bye week before the divisional round, because I was concerned they have so many young players on defense and you know that lack of experience, I was concerned that the moment might be too big. And so I talked to these young players and it was very interesting that I got the same answer from every single player that I talked to. It was always, we prepared the same way every week. We are focused on this week. Every week is a championship week. You know, every week is a championship game. And I mean, being 
in the locker room from week to week to week to week. I have seen that lived out by this team. So I do think that Quinn has done a very good job of keeping the team's focus exactly where it needs to be, which is on preparing for the opponent and stalling the game plan and being ready for Sunday. And they do the same thing that they do every Wednesday. They do the same thing that they do every Thursday, every Friday. And then when it's Sunday, it's time to worry about Sunday. And then they have guys like Dwight Franey in the locker room. And Dwight obviously has Super Bowl experience. And I talked to Franey about this, too, and he said that that has been so valuable for all of them and that the veterans have really taken responsibility to make sure that the young players stay focused. So, you know, I do think that Belichick and Brady have an advantage just based on their experience. However, I do think that Quinn has done a wonderful job of combating that. So, uh, yeah, obviously, like you point on, the, I think that was one of the main points, obviously, besides, you know, just the. Uh, the Falcons and and obviously they haven't been to the Super Bowl much as their players, you know, and their coaches uh, are pretty new to this. Besides a, a select few, like you mentioned, Quinn and and Freeney. you talked about Atlanta's defense, and I asked Evan about this, and I'm curious what your take is. Um, you know, looking at film, looking at the the past few weeks, uh, or even over the course of the season, uh, the Falcons, I would say, one of their weaknesses is their cornerback depth or their secondary depth. You know, they dealt with mm-hmm. uh, Keanu Neal. He had a an injury earlier on that took him out for a few weeks before he came back, and obviously he's played terrific. They also lost their number one cornerback uh, earlier this season in Desmond Trufant. And one of the weaknesses we saw, I guess you could say, uh, if there's any with the Falcons defense or their Falcons team in general, is their ability to cover against the slot. And obviously the Patriots have, I guess you could say, two very capable slot receivers or two guys who can play the slot well in Julian Edelman and also Chris Hogan. What is your take on exactly how the Falcons should approach it? And, you know, what do you think, if at all, chance of of being able to actually do something and and slow them down? Uh, As we saw both of them combined for almost 300 yards uh, a couple weeks ago against the Steelers, who also had some issues in the secondary as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they do. they have a very young secondary. You know, you have Robert Alford, who's experienced. But then on the other side, filling in for Trufant, you have um, Jalen Collins, who's a second year guy out of LSU who really didn't even start that much in college and um, spent the first four weeks sidelines because of a PED suspension. So uh, Collins has played very well, I think. He's really risen to the challenge, but he is young. He is inexperienced. And then in the nickel, they have... Um, they have Brian Poole. He is an undrafted free agent out of Florida. And he's played well, I think, but there is a lack of experience there. What he lacks in experience, I think he makes up for in enthusiasm and hitting like a truck. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, and he, he does have considerable speed, which is going to help him in covering slot receivers. But, it, you know, that he, he is young. He is inexperienced. So I do think that that's probably an area of weakness for sure. And obviously listening to you talk about it, I can hear, you know, there was an excitement in Evan's voice as he talked about the Patriots. I can hear the same excitement uh, ahead of this game in your voice as well, Gina. And, uh, you know, I want to get your thoughts now on who you think is going to lift that Vince Lombardi trophy come Sunday night and uh, who walks away uh, with those rings. Are you confident in, in your Atlanta Falcons? You know, it's such a weird feeling because I've covered this team since 2011. I've been a fan of the Falcons since 2005. And so it's such a weird thing to say for me, but I'm very confident in this team. Um, It's just a different team this season. They have a different level of confidence. You can see it in the way that they play. And I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think if you're betting on this game, you take the over for sure. 
um, the over is, I think, somewhere in like 59 points or something. Take take the over. <laughs> Both of these teams will score 30 points. But um, I think Atlanta pulls it out. I think they pull out a 34-31 victory. That's actually incredible because Evan went the, the other way with a 34-31 victory for the, the Patriots. Are you so, yeah, so, so <laughs> nice. let's see. Yeah. <laughs> So let's see how it uh, how it all shakes out, and it's going to be fun. But uh, I just uh, I'm going to save my prediction for when me and Doug are finishing off the podcast. But I wrote a piece last week about how I think the time is right for uh, for Matt Ryan and the, the Atlanta Falcons with how it has they have played this season. And um, I guess that's probably giving away my pick. But we'll see how it all goes Sunday. But uh, <laughs> obviously, Gina's uh, on Twitter. It's at Gina Thomas. That is J E A N N A T H O M A S definitely worth following her there particularly if you're an atlanta falcons fan or maybe you're just somebody who wants to see the the new england patriots lose this weekend Uh, make sure you're following her on twitter but uh thanks uh, gina for jumping aboard the show thank you so much for having me our friends over at nfl shop europe have given us a josh norman washington redskins jersey to give away to one lucky listener to the oti podcast this one will be a competition in terms of picking the correct score in this weekend's Super Bowl. All you have to do is tweet us the correct score to at Overtime Ireland, and whoever is closest to the correct score come full time in the Super Bowl will win themselves this Josh Norman jersey. So get involved in the competition. That is courtesy of our friends at NFL Shop Europe. And of course, don't forget that they also have a great promotion going with OTI at the moment, and it is OTI 10 at checkout for 10% off all stock on their website so do check that out and uh, of course get involved in the competition tweet us your correct score guesses to at overtime ireland and that of course uh, promo code again is oti10 at europe.nflshop.com check out it save 10 percent so that was gina and obviously before that we had evan make sure you're following them on twitter as i mentioned and they will be both attached to the tweet for this podcast uh, i do i do recommend following them as you heard there are plenty of awesome information regarding both teams and uh, it's always good to follow people who are really involved with the team obviously i've been plugging doug's twitter handle at dmore nfl for eight, all season long basically on information but like gina there is really hitting out great falcon stuff as well so do check that out and thanks to both of them for coming on the show i think doug uh, pretty much we probably had on pretty much most of the points that we wanted to make ourselves and asking their questions and getting their thoughts so uh, i think we've pretty much done that um have you any pieces doug coming out uh, for the the patriots and preview of the super bowl this week Yep. So I actually will have one article out this week and, and uh, um, I'm going to be finishing up tonight. It's actually, when I say tonight, I mean on Wednesday, it should (laughs) be out. Um, It should be out. I would hopefully uh, by Saturday, but it will be uh, as I did with the AFC championship game between the the Patriots and the Steelers. I look at five keys for both teams in order for them to win. So I'm going to do that again for both the Falcons and the, the Patriots perspective. And that will be on inside the pylon, which uh, I'm very excited to have that content put on there, but uh, that should be coming out uh, hopefully by the beginning of the weekend. Yeah, and uh, just, you know, we're wrapping this up, and I'm just after thinking to myself as I asked you the plug, uh, we didn't actually make our predictions for uh, the actual winner off the, the Super Bowl, so we nearly actually went and finished the show without doing that. So I'll let you uh, go ahead. <laughs> we're, we're one apiece here with uh, predictions, one one for the Falcons, one for the Patriots. Which way are you going? And don't pick 34-31. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um this is a tough one because I think, you know, when you look at the Patriots defense, they've done really well at holding defenses or opposing teams offenses to uh, to uh, very low point totals. Um, 
and I just don't see it being the same for the the Falcons. I think that they're definitely hit the the twenty point mark. I think they'll hit beyond that. Actually, um, it's really tough, uh, especially because I don't want to copy Gina or Evan. Um, but I'm gonna go with and and I'm stealing one of the numbers. You I'm gonna go, go for with, a tie. Uh, unfortunately, there are no ties in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, as much as that would ca- that would just piss off a lot of people. Yeah. Um, who how do you split a Lombardi in half? But um, no, I I will. My official prediction is thirty one twenty seven Patriots. I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game. I don't know what the over under is, but um, you know we saw the the, the Steelers offense and and that's a very dynamic offense as well. Maybe not as dynamic as the, the Falcons offense, but um, they still struggled to score points. But I still think the Falcons are going to be able to hit that twenty point mark, even that twenty five point mark. But I don't see them beating out the Patriots in the end and, and part of me hopes for a close game because that's always more fun to watch unlike the uh this uh I think it was the Carolina uh Denver game uh so you know I, I'm gonna go with 31-27 with the Patriots uh lifting Lombardi at the end yeah and I think if you as you mentioned uh, if they can hold it to uh, anything near 20 it'll be a huge success for the Patriots defense I wrote a piece last week uh, as I mentioned there when Gina was on, it was about the Falcons and Matt Ryan, and this season, not including the playoffs, so just in the 16 games during the regular season, uh, I think it was, I wrote this in it, and I just don't have it in front of me now, I think it was 11 times they hit the 30-point threshold, and I think then it was uh, on eight occasions they went to 40 points, so they've been really incredibly hard to uh, stop on offense, their defense at times has struggled, but uh, I'm going the opposite way, Doug, and I'm going to make a two-all, two-two here on the podcast predictions, I'm going for a Falcons win. I think it's just going to be, you know, I can't can't really make an argument for how the Patriots could win this one, but I just think uh, the Falcons, with how they've gone on offense this year, and usually we are proved wrong each and every time we pick the high-scoring offense against the, you know, the better defense, but I think on this occasion the Falcons will have enough to get it done. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the matchups go, particularly how the Patriots deal with Julio Jones, and then, of course, how they deal with the running back situation and do the Patriots go with a heavy dose of the run game. So it should be fascinating uh, to watch this Sunday night, and obviously I'm more of a neutral, but I'm sure you'll be heavily engrossed, dog, and maybe feel pretty sick in the pit of your stomach as the nerves get to you as you, you watch this one. But uh, I know uh, it's going to be a great one to watch, and more excited than I've been as a neutral for uh, a Super Bowl in quite some time. But um, I mentioned as well, I don't usually plug uh, articles and I don't usually have them to talk about, but I may as well plug mine too, Doug. Talked about the Patriots this week for News Talk here in Ireland. I tweeted it out a few times, talked about the the legacy and the incredible consistency of Brady and Belichick uh, pretty much since the early 2000s when Brady became the starting quarterback. But with all that said... Uh, there was two reads there during the show as well for the the two competitions we have this week make sure you get involved in them there'll both be more information on them on twitter at overtime ireland of course as well the oti 10 discount as well for nflshopeurope.com is uh, back up and running so you get 10 percent off on that one uh, if you're buying anything on their website so do get involved in that as well they kick something back here as well to the oti podcast but until we're back uh, hopefully next week unless doug is uh, feeling like i did last week and two too sad to uh, talk about the NFL uh, <laughs> with that uh, make sure you're following me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland make sure you're following Doug on Twitter at NFL as we get ready for the Super Bowl this Sunday and of course if you are watching it if you're going to a Super Bowl party wherever you may be watching it make sure you enjoy it and of course have a good time and uh, until the next time have a good one thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland 
check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.